Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones, the founder of Influencer Marketing and Branded Content Agency, Hollywood Branded. This podcast provides brand marketers a learning platform for top experts to share their insights and knowledge on topics which make a direct impact on your business today. While it is impossible to be well-versed on every topic and strategy that can improve bottom line results, my goal is to help you avoid making costly mistakes of time, energy, or money, whether you are doing a DIY approach or hiring an expert to help. Let's begin today's discussion. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacy Jones. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacy Jones. I'm so happy to be here with you all today, and I want to give a very warm welcome to Jamar James. Jamar is a cryptocurrency trading business educator and coach and veteran of the U.S. Marine Corps, where he specialized in IT. He began his entrepreneurial journey as a real estate broker in Arizona, where he built his brokerage to over 200 realtors until the market crash of 2009. Returning to the world of IT and blockchain, Jamar developed a passion for day trading in cryptocurrency, and through sharing his wins with others, developed a consultancy focused on business growth, automation, and cryptocurrency focused on helping other business owners change their lives. Today, we're going to dive into the conversation of technology and cryptocurrency and blockchain and how it's changed the game for so many people and how it is impacting the future landscape of business. We'll learn what's worked from Jamar's perspective, what should be avoided, and for some, how they miss the mark. Jamar, welcome. So happy to have you here today. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. That was beautiful. And uh, thank you for the introduction. And I'm so happy to be able to share today. Of course. Well, what I'd love to do, I know I, I touched a little bit on your background, but can you tell us how you got to here? What got you to this day of cryptocurrency experts? Well, long, long, long ago, <laughs> um, you know, actually I grew up in the San Francisco in the Bay Area and, you know, it's really a, uh, you know, growing up having parents and you know, growing up in a middle, middle class home with laborers, you know, my, my mom was a post office person and my dad was a trucker and I was go to school in San Francisco. And so every morning I would see these, you know, day traders or, or financial guys going into financial district in San Francisco. And I thought like, you know, that's cool. I wonder what they do and why they're so happy. Six o'clock in the morning, seven o'clock and they're happy and you can see them high-fiving or they had laptops and, you know, they looked, looked very busy. Uh, and I wasn't exposed to the environment, the financial markets. And so, um, you know, knowing that I wanted more out of life, I actually joined the Marine Corps out of high school and got in the Marine Corps, um, you know, and I realized the world uh, was, was a lot bigger than the Bay Area. Um, and, and that gave me kind of a worldview of, you know, for one, the different currencies I was exposed to living in, in Japan, living in Korea, you know, different countries. Um, you know, I realized that, you know, everyone was kind of siloed in, you know, people were, uh, pretty much what they're supposed to is what they know. And as you get more exposure globally, <laughs> it looks, you know, things becomes bigger, you know, it become more exposed. And so during the Marine Corps, you know, I always wanted to invest, uh, whether it was in the stock market or real estate during the, during my time in the Marine Corps, I started buying real estate in Long Beach. Um, and, you know, I was buying, um, it was just the acceptance in the Marine Corps. We taught like, Hey, someone has to go first. And there's a reward and sometimes there's a huge risk, but, you know, if you want the reward, you know, we go first. <laughs> and so uh, when they were doing a lot of condo conversions in Long Beach, I started buying these small apartments that were converting into condos. And I bought so many, I bought like maybe three or four um, 
four that were like thirty thousand a piece. And when I got out of the Marine Corps in nineteen ninety-eight, the ones I bought in nineteen ninety-four or ninety-five, they were worth I bought them for thirty thousand. I think they were worth like one hundred twenty, one hundred thirty thousand. So I had made more on those investments than I did by the time I was in the Marine Corps. Um, and from there, you know, my background in the Marine Corps was uh, IT. And it's, back then, it was uh, I was in something called, um, I was managing the uh, automated uh, transmission system, which in the military, that was really just like the internet. <laughs> they just the had internet fancy, days. All right. They just had a fancy name for it, right? And so I actually went to, you know, Long Beach State and DeVry, um, got into technology. And, you know, I started a um, web design company, uh, got into CRMs, and I, I was in technology, but I was always investing. So I started buying uh, stocks, uh, got a mentor, taught me how to trade, and, you know, I started selling the properties. I went into Arizona, and when the market crashed in 2009, I left Long Beach, took the money that I made, sold the condos, went to Arizona. Uh, I was really good with the marketing because I had the technology background. Just because I was know how to use the web, I was able to generate so many leads that I ended up starting a real estate company. And within a year or two, I had, uh, about two years, I had about, uh, the first year I had 60 agents and the second year I had about 200 agents. And they were all coming because I just had so many leads. You know, we kind of dominated the market. Um, and that led me to, uh, I had trading, I had real estate, everything was going well. And then the housing bubble burst. And that was around 2008, 2009. Luckily, you know, I was I was leveraged pretty well. Uh, but after that, that kind of just, it, it scared me to the point where it's like, what else can I do now? And my mentor said, hey, told me, he's like, hey, get out of real estate and just buy, buy stocks. Like, you know, get into the stock market. Well, I started buying. I started selling all my property. I bought into the stock market in 2009, which was really just timing, right? I bought at the right time. I, I bought a ton of stocks and... Within eight months, you know, I had almost doubled my money when everyone else was having, <clears throat> you know, going through a financial crisis. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I was like, man, this was easy. I didn't I didn't do anything. I just I put money into the stock market. It kind of recovered. Uh, and then I realized, like, without the employees, without the office expenses, trading was recession proof. You know, whether it goes up or down, you know, that you can short the market or, or um, loan the market. And so from that point on, you know, I still had a uh, kind of the marketing company. I moved back to Orange County, left Arizona, became a trader uh, with a, a company. And I just realized my time was better off just in the markets. And so, um, you know, I had a CRM business. I had clients like Allergan and Best Buy. And I hired virtual assistants to help me because all we were doing was digital marketing mm -hmm. and managing marketing campaigns. So you really didn't have to be there. And then I was like, you know, if people knew that you can make money in the markets, if, if business owners knew that you can automate a lot of things and have virtual workers, you know, kind of support that, you know, if you're sending an email, you just need someone skilled to do it. It doesn't matter where they're, where they're at. Right. And so, you know, that gave me the freedom to actually do more stock trading and day trading. And then 2015, I was working with a prop firm, hedge fund, and I seen a lot of the traders start moving over to like crypto. They, they were buying it and they were like, I was like, well, what is this, you know, virtual money that you guys are talking about? And I got into crypto and then the idea that, you know, I already seen the internet, how it impacted the world. And then I seen the blockchain. I was like, you know, this is technology. Technology moves so fast. So, like I said, that if you want to be first, sometimes there's risk, but then there's also reward. 
And so I jumped into cryptocurrency in 2015 and ended, uh, beginning in 2016. At that time, Bitcoin was $300. Um, and, you know, a year later, the same Bitcoin I bought for 300 bucks was 20000 So, you know, that allowed me to say <clears throat> that the, the demand was there for that one year. And then and the technology has changed so much during that time that I built a, a business with the ideas of cryptocurrency, which the idea is about peer-to-peer, -peer, about being transparent, about uh, community. Um, and that is, to me, how businesses should operate in 2020. You know, transparent, authentic, peer-to-peer, -peer, cut out the middleman. That is the whole idea of cryptocurrency is to avoid being a victim of the economy and the banks, you know, crashing. And, and that's 2009 is when Bitcoin actually started. It started as a result of the housing bubble. They wanted an alternative to the dollar and to the credit crisis and housing bubble. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, 2015, I kind of branded myself as the digital currency guy. Um, um, I was on Facebook and one of the guys, he was teaching people how to trade. And he was like, hey, you know, I'm getting people into trading, but I, I really don't know how to trade. And so when he asked me that, and I was like, oh, well, you know, you have to get a separate group because I don't want to deal with people that don't know anything. And so he would actually send people over to me that they were in trading, but they wanted more. And then, you know, one weekend I just made an offer on Facebook. Hey, I'm starting a new group. Um, and I'm teaching people how to make money with cryptocurrency. Uh, do you guys want in? It's hundred bucks a month. And that weekend I had a 120 people off of my Facebook group join the group. And then I was like, now I was like, Oh, I have a business now. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> something that uh, I initially planned out or thought about. It was just, you know, people were all interested into trading and that is the whole spirit of cryptocurrency and community is, is, you know, now in 2020, you don't, you know, the way you market a business and the way you attract people uh, to your business, you know, there's a lot of um, distractions. So being authentic and being, you know, who you are is really, you know, the staple of business now. And you see different corporate brands trying to be more authentic. You know, you see on Super Bowl Sunday, they had a Facebook groups. Like they wanted to say, hey, we're one of you. And you have, you can attract tribes now. That's fantastic. You have had quite the journey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's just, it's just taking that first step to go forward and embrace, you know, what's coming instead of, uh, you know, some people uh, expand um, and some people contract, you know, and during a time of, you know, crisis, you know, it's an awesome time to be able to expand. Well, you obviously with your IT background, you already have a mind that is very technical based. You are very um, driven where you see things that can scale very easily. So you have a different outlook than probably 50% of the people who are out in the world. You know, definitely, you know, the creative, not necessarily all the way on the tech, but it, it's something you're able to bring up and you're able to actually see trends and ways to make them and repeat that. Right. I mean, um, I think everyone has it. I think they just haven't been exposed to it. <laughs> there you go. All right. So how can businesses and how should be, how should businesses be actually looking at cryptocurrency right now? Because, you know, it, it, it's a landscape. And when you say cryptocurrency to most people, right. they're like, yeah, Bitcoin, they know that word, right. but they don't necessarily know much more right. about it than that. So, and, that, and that's an awesome point, you know, 
the reason that I get interviewed or, you know, people reach out is because they don't, they don't know. Right. And so for business, when you talk about decentralized finance, or you talk about these keywords that are, you know, blockchain related and, and the persons do not know, well, in a sales environment, whoever has the most amount of information and that educates their customers, you know, become a authority. And so for business owners that, you know, are in business, um, you know, for one, there, there is a way to protect some of your assets through cryptocurrency. So that's about getting educated. You know, as a business owner, you want to have education about how do, what, what is my contingency plan? What happens if the economy shuts down? What happens if, uh, you know, I, may, I have to close my storefront? How do I adjust? Um, and so looking at cryptocurrency, is, that is as a option. But then when it comes to like decentralized finance where, you know, your banks are at a zero interest rate, and there's a asset over here that's making four to five percent a month in stable coins, you know, and it's like, oh, what is stable coins? So it's really the the embracing of the knowledge, the education for the owners, because the blockchain is going to impact every business out there the same way that the internet has impacted uh, business. You know, before the internet, before mobile phones, you know, the way we communicated was different: print mail, radio, advertising. You know, all of that has changed because of the internet. And now you have blockchain, the new technology, which, you know, cryptocurrency is an asset that runs over the blockchain technology. But a business owner should to think like, well, you know, I need to talk to someone. How is the blockchain going to impact my business? You know, and, you know, for each business, it becomes a different use case. And then once they say, okay, this is where it's going, then I should embrace it. So like for restaurants, you know, they, they should have already embraced the, delivery model, you know, the, Hey, we'll take it to you, or we'll have a custom kit that we can send to you to build your food. And this way, when this had, had happened, where we have a pandemic, you know, they would have had a contingency plan. What happens if we can't, you know, have people come sit in our restaurant. And it's just that ideal of um, thinking. And so same thing with the money, right? What happens if the banking goes down and we're a business, like what alternative do we have that sub payments? Do we have the, you know, whether it's, it doesn't have to be crypto, but do we have a way to set payment? Do we have a way to credit our customers if, if they're not able to pay? You know, should, you know, what model should that be? So um, the contingency plans that each business should have uh, should be something that they look at crypto as a contingency. You know, what happens when a person, a foreigner comes in and, you know, they want to pay in crypto, like, is that a new, is it worth investing that, hey, I want to be able to accept crypto. I want to be able to say, hey, we accept all forms of payment, whether it's cash, credit card, or crypto. <laughs> so a couple of things there. For our listeners, some people listening may totally know what blockchain is. Can, uh-huh. And some people may not. Can you give us just kind of an insight on how you see blockchain, what blockchain right. is, and how it impacts companies? Okay. So let's talk about something they do know, the internet. Right. So internet is technology. Technology and then when I ask someone who owns the internet, right? And a person will tell me, Well, the internet is everywhere. No one really owns the internet. It's everywhere and it's a technology that we use to communicate. One server here, one server here communicates with each other. Well, to put it in layman's terms, you know, the internet is technology to connect different computers. The blockchain are basically databases that stores information 
and information is everywhere, but it's, it has a private key. So you can't get access to the information, even though it's everywhere, unless you have a private key. So the blockchain wallets are on the blockchain. So from one wallet to the next wallet on Bitcoin, you send Bitcoin from one wallet to the next wallet on the blockchain. And it goes from one database to the next database and they're all synced. So every transaction on the blockchain is kept in this one big database that is everywhere. No one owns it. And so that is the equivalent of when we talk about the blockchain technology, we're really talking about the blockchain as a database that's storing information that's available to everyone, whoever has the private key, right? And this, this is this is a way to store information. So in the future, you know, maybe your medical records are kept on the blockchain and you have ownership. And so when you go to a, a different hospital, it doesn't have to be a general doctor. It can be any doctor. And then you give them your records. You say, here's my private key. All my information for my medical history is here on the blockchain. Here you can have access to it. Now this person owns his own data and he can give someone else the access. So like, for instance, UC Irvine, they're keeping their grades for their students and every test that the student takes is on the blockchain now. So now that student, when they say, hey, well, how did you, you know, how was your experience at UCI and where's your transcripts? The kid can be like, oh, here's my phone. I'm gonna just give you access and I'll transfer you every test, every homework, everything I ever done at UCI and now you have it because it was all stored in the blockchain. That's great. And so pretty much any sort of data that's related to anything personally right. or business wise right. can be stored now on the blockchain and right. accessed and given out when you want it to be given out. Right. 100%. Okay. That is the idea of the blockchain. I will say that I've talked to a few people about blockchain and you have just made it easier <laughs> to understand than right. most people. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And and that's that's the thing that, you know, business owners they need to hear it as a, you know, we can get really technical or they need to hear it as something that they can relate to. And this it demystifies all the tech talk. And that helps <laughs> quite a bit. Right, a lot. So with cryptocurrency, and you were just saying earlier, you know, if you're a business and you want to be able to take cash or credit or checks or wire transfers or crypto. Right. You know, how does a business go about that? Like contact their banker and say, hey, I'd like to start taking crypto. It's a whole different strategy and, and fundamentals for setting that up. It's very different from our traditional banking system. It's actually easier because mm -hmm. you're, our, traditionally we've always had a third party, right? Mm -hmm. And this is, this is the exact time that we're in right now is we're starting to realize that the third party has been the obstacle has been the thing that's stopping us from being free right and so right now if an owner actually had a wallet there's nothing stopping them from saying hey here's my barcode just send the money here and then down that customer has to confirm with him instead of having to confirm with the banking like why does a wire take three days or why does the wire take overnight when you can send an email right away or we can hop on a zoom and talk right away so the only reason that it takes a day or two days or three days is because there's a middle person involved is getting a fee that is actually being in the middle of that transaction. Now, if you eliminate that person, now everything happens instantly. So for a, a owner, you have a blockchain wallet and you say, hey, here's my wallet at my store, send it to me, I confirm it's there and we just cut out the middleman with less fees. So- yeah. go ahead. So, it, you know, that is how simple it is. Now for accounting purposes, 
you want to know what product that you just received this payment for, you know, and you want to see uh, how many times this customer sent it. And so that's why you have a system for a business owner to put in place so you can keep track of accounting. But, you know, if you really wanted to accept something right away, I can have you download a wallet and I can send you money right now and it will be peer to peer. Do you think this opens yourself up to more or less fraud? So as an example, there's a lot of um, um, email spoofs that happen. You know, our, our own agency was taken for a lot of money. Our former bookkeeper fell for a massive scam where someone um, asked her to send money and wire it to China. She did it. She went over through all these different things that we thought we had protections in place and she went to the bank and, the bank right. did it, the other bank got it, then the bank released the funds. Do you think blockchain actually would protect you better here or does it lead you even more so that their money goes and money's gone? Right. Um, so you said a big thing. The human aspect of it, you, that is the, that's the part where the fraud happens. Now on technology side, on crypto, the technology side is in you know, you can't penetrate that. The fraud, the fraud transactions do not exist on the technology side. They exist with the humans. So, you know, this is still a procedure in a, a human process, yeah. a human thing. If the human sends it to the wrong place or is scammed by another human, then that is a human problem. It's not yeah. a blockchain problem. It's not a Bitcoin problem. Right. You know, that is a, uh, a person that sent a transaction and that, that transaction is vital. The thing with the banking is people have been um, sheltered, right? Where it's like, oh, we make a mistake, we call Wells Fargo and they help us fix it. Or we make a mistake and someone gets access to our account, you know, we can call Visa and say it wasn't ours and they have insurance. For crypto, it is, we're responsible for the human side of it. So if you send to a wrong address or if you give someone your private keys, then you've allowed the exposure to happen. And you can't call Visa. You can't call Wells Fargo. This is something that you you you're you are responsible for. And I think that scares people. It shouldn't well, scare a business owner, but it scares people. Well, just so that people know, even if you call your Citibank bank, they can't help you either. So you right. know, <laughs> there is that. The false sense of security, but they get a fee, yeah. right? Yes, Zelle, right? Yeah. Zelle. There's a lot of scams with Zelle, and people mm-hmm. they don't talk about it because it's like, what options do they have? Because they don't think they have other options. <laughs> so also, like, we're looking at the paycheck um, payroll protection that's going on right now with the federal government. Right. If this was actually on blockchain, if this was something that was um, better orchestrated, they could have potentially made this cleaner with all the banks that they were working with versus what's 100%. happened right now. So, so they wanted to bill, you know, they have a digital dollar project right now. And one of the things that they wanted to do with stimulus, right, is say, hey, everyone download a digital wallet and we'll just send it to you through the blockchain. We'll know that you downloaded this wallet and we put the money there and you will have it overnight. So the banking went down two days ago. Uh, no one was able to log into their bank accounts. Uh, they say that it was because of a high usage. And it's kind of archaic to think that you have Facebook, you have Instagram, Twitter, but the banking can't handle people logging in to check in for their bank account. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So if the, if, we're going to a digital society and I know that this is about marketing, so I don't want to talk it's too okay. much. It's okay. It's okay. We're yeah. good. It's all for businesses, business right. owners, entrepreneurs. Good. So yeah, for the business owners, we're, we are going to a digital currency society 
where everything is going to be electronic payments. And so, um, yeah, the digital wallets would have made everything, everyone would have their funds right away. They would have pushed a button. The, the currency goes out directly. Mm -hmm. It happens instantly. And we wouldn't have the bankings. Like the banks are, the banks could close down overnight and they can use some of those funds to invest, right? And now they're making interest on that money. So they don't really have a sense of urgency to get the money to the business owner or to yeah. get the money to the individuals because the longer they keep it, the more money they have and the more that their interest accounts make money. Right. And once you have, when you have billions of dollars sitting there, right. you're making some fat interest on that. Fat interest, right? O overnight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. so what would the steps be? So business owners listen to this and they're like, you know what? I want to look at cryptocurrency. Like, how do I go about and actually set up that wallet? How do I start letting, you know, my people know, my clients know, my vendors know that I'd like to start paying with cryptocurrency and, right. and go so, down that What would the steps be? So, I mean, you know, if they're not educated, first I say, you know, they, they need to come into a course or, or get educated. Um, and for me, so I'll, I'll give you a use case example. I had a general contractor out in Newport Coast and he says, hey, you know, he's working with me. And he's like, hey, you know, I want to be able to accept crypto. Like, you know, you know, I have this client here. He owes me 300000 Tell him I'll take 280 if he gives me 280 in Bitcoin. So, you know, I actually went to the, to the, you know, his, his client, the homeowner told him that, Hey, you know, you can save 20,000 if you were able to pay him in, in Bitcoin. And he was like, well, you know, of course, how do I get what? the Bitcoin? <laughs> how do I get what? the Bitcoin? And it was just that easy as informing them that, Hey, you just take your money, your cash, convert it over to, um, go to a, a MSB a money exchange, tell them that, hey, I want to take 280000 I want 280000 worth of Bitcoin. And now he sent them an invoice. He accepted the Bitcoin. He sent it to them. And now they're both happy. And so um, it's really, it's just the, the first part is just start. Go to Coinbase.com, download a wallet, and, you know, have your wife or, or your relative download a wallet and just send them $5. Just do it. Just start and, and do $5. And then when you're a business and you want to have something custom for you, you know, call a consultant, call a consultant, you know, it's a hundred bucks for them to educate you because you don't know what you don't know until you're educated. And that is the first steps for everything is just get the information first. Uh, and it's just the desire, the intention that, Hey, I want to know how to do it. And, you know, I'm telling you right now, is, is that easy? It's just downloading a Coinbase wallet. Okay. And start. And then once you have a Coinbase wallet, you're able to set up and buy Bitcoin. And then it says, hey, you know what? I want to be able to track the inventory now. And now it's like, all right, well, I'm going to call a merchant like BitPay. And I'm going to be able to install a BitPay terminal. Now I can send invoices and reset Bitcoin. And so it's, it's no different than having a regular merchant account. Now you're just accepting. You have one for Visa and MasterCard. And now you have one for Bitcoin. And when you're using these uh, other merchant, it's like a merchant account. So you're using these other services. Are they taking a percentage of the dollars that are being exchanged or how are, you know, your, can, your contractor, uh, he said the homeowner paid $280,000. Was there a 
percentage of that on top of what he paid or was uh, it a percentage of that taken away from what he paid? Yes. How does that work? So he had to pay the exchange fee. So for him okay. to exchange from dollars to Bitcoin, mm -hmm. there was a fee that was an exchange fee that the exchange, the person to say, we'll give you that Bitcoin, but we're going to charge you to do this transaction. And so it was, you know, a 2% fee, um, you know, which is, you know, it's still a, a hefty fee to, to transfer from uh, from fiat, which is dollars to Bitcoin, but mm -hmm. it's something that was paid for the exchange. So anywhere you go in the world and you're exchanging currency, that's why you have currency exchange offices and locations, there's always an exchange fee. So that is, it's no different than having a, you know, transferring dollars to yen or dollars to pesos, there's going to be a exchange fee. Uh, but the transaction itself is small. You can send, you can send a million dollars for like, you know, a dollar, two dollars. And that goes to the network. It doesn't go to a individual. It goes throughout the entire blockchain network. And then they split that up and that's how they produce the data money. And that's a whole different subject. But that small fee is, is really, you know, a million dollar transaction cost you maybe one or two dollars. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> right. So it's really much the same as, you know, you take American Express cards and they right. have a three percent interest. You take MasterCard, they have a uh, two and a quarter percent interest. And you as the business owner are going to eat those fees because it's made the transaction so much easier for you. Right, or it's just you know convenience, and really you're not taking any fees because there's no Visa or Mastercard there. Right. There's only a fee when you want to take the Bitcoin and go get cash now. Okay. Right. So, it's so that, only when you're turning it, when you're changing it. When you're changing it, right? Okay. And then there's not going to be a fee if you manage to not change it, where you go on and continue this payment, where you have your Bitcoin and you could pay others with that as well. Right if there's other businesses out taking Bitcoin money. Right. And so, you know, normally, you know, I advise the businesses how to manage, like, so you don't want to keep it in Bitcoin because Bitcoin is volatile. So then you want to move it to a stable coin. You move it to a stable coin. Now you can actually earn interest on the money that you have just sitting there in a the virtual currency. So, so those are the kind of the strategies and the techniques that business owners can actually benefit from. They, they, they accept it in Bitcoin converted it over to a stable coin. Now they're getting five or 6% interest on that money. And, on now that these are, and now these are things that you teach. These are things I teach. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So you were getting to that right. part. I thought this was right. a good time to talk about that because people were like, wait, I want to learn more. <laughs> so how can people learn more? How can people find you and learn more and, and get some of this really easy to understand knowledge that you're sharing? Right. So Digital Currency Guy is the brand that I have. You search Digital Currency Guy, I come up. Uh, my name is Jamar James. Uh, you can go to jamarjames.com. And it's really a simple way. You, you fill out a form online. It has a contact me, a schedule, and then we just have a conversation. It's free, it's free to talk. <laughs> That's easy enough. Look right, at right. that. This podcast is free to listen to you, free to talk, and they free just reach out to you. <laughs> reach out to me. That's awesome. What are, and I, I would, I think we could continue talking for another hour, but what are some other, you know, top of mind thoughts that business owners should be aware of in the cryptocurrency space? Uh, I mean, top of the mind, I mean, for me, I just want to tell business owners the ideal of cryptocurrency and how business is changing. Uh, is something that, you know, they should embrace because right now, you know, being on a 
shelter in place and not, you know, not being able to operate as they have been in the past, there's going to be a, there is a pre-corona time and there's going to be a post-corona time. And going in the future, you know, after everyone comes through this time, because this shall pass, you know, and going into the future, it's like, let's set up the business to be able to adapt. Let's actually build your tribe so you can actually talk to your customers. And so you don't lose your customers when you shut down for a month or two, like you have a way to communicate with them. So, you know, one of the big things with cryptocurrency is about community. And I think every business should have its own brand and community and tribe. So you have loyal customers and this is the tech coming out of me because I, I built CRM systems, which is right. customer, customer relationship management systems. Yeah. Uh, the CRM system, your business should be ran that way where you're, you know, once you do a transaction with a person, now it becomes a peer to peer from, from the person to the business and the business should think that they're peer to peer. You know, it shouldn't be just a business transaction. It should be a business relationship now. And so during these tough times when, I mean, I have Facebook groups with 26,000 people, 26,000 traders. I have uh, other groups, business groups with you know, over a thousand people. I have a mastermind. So these become my tribe and we all support each other as a business. And so when you see businesses now saying, hey, I'm community-based and community-based, well, after this is done, really become community-based. And so you're really, <laughs> so you're really embedded into the business because when this happened, my business didn't stop. It actually expanded because now they're like, well, you know, he's been doing, re operating remotely. He's been uh, teaching about cryptocurrency alternatives and now we need it. And now since I had a community-based uh, model, it actually, my business expanded when times get tough. Either people go apart or they come together. And so this should be a lesson to business owners to, establish that where, hey, I'm building my tribe and I'm building my community. So this way, when things get tough and they want to support a restaurant, they're going to come support this restaurant because I've done things to support the community. And now you have a real, you know, you have a real togetherness and that is the crypto. So the more people I educate about cryptocurrency, the, the more valuable my currency becomes because I'm holding a lot of cryptocurrency. So if I can just give it away and, hey, I'm going to give you the knowledge and let you adapt it and expand it, it makes what I'm holding become more valuable. Yeah. So this is one of the ways to build wealth is to give, you know, if I give all my knowledge and, and, and help other people embrace this and have a way, then it makes my brand and it makes the currency that I'm holding more valuable. Yeah. And it's such a switch and we've been really seeing this, you know, I could say a lot better, but I'd say in the last five years or so where companies and businesses and the whole advent of coaches this is where it's become so valuable, where people are understanding that you can give away knowledge, you can right. teach, you can give it all away. Right. But the flip side of that is you're building yourself as an expert leader. You right. are now, you're, you're a thought leader, you're trusted, you are someone who people want to actually come to for counsel. And the reality is, is no one has the bandwidth to do it all themselves. Right. It's just or the brains necessarily, or the interest to do it all themselves. So by building that thought leadership, you are going to actually expand and gain customers and continue to be able to grow because of that. Right, and that's 100%. And, and I don't even say give, I say circulate, because the energy that you circulate and you put out, it comes back. Yep. And so 
you know, we are always circulating. You're circulating money, you're circulating energy, circulating positivity, uh, and it comes back. And so I, th I think for the business owners out there, you know, if they can take one thing from this about cryptocurrency is that, you know, embrace what's new and then basically give it, you know, give it a chance and give your customers more of what you have. Well, tomorrow, today was a phenomenal conversation. So thank you. Oh, thank I you. really, really enjoyed chatting with you. You are a very good explainer. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's very, uh, I'm very happy to be here and just share what I have. Yeah. Well, again, thank you. And to all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in to Marking Mistakes and How to Avoid Them Today. I look forward to chatting with you on our next podcast. And until then, please take care.